Okay, so we're back. And this time, it's again, Bob Graham. It's the Let's Chat Sales podcast. And we are talking about the sales process. And we're at the point in the sales process where we've got the right mindset and we've started to think about our identity, who our ideal customer is. And now we're at the point where we want to get ready to have a conversation. You, you know who you're identifying. You know who your ideal potential customer is. And now you want to get ready to have the conversation. And before you have- we don't know what to say. Right. We don't know what to say yet, but we do know who we're talking to, ideally. A lot easier to know what to say when you know who to say it to. That's right. So that's where we are. So let's kind of get into it. And, and the thing I would say, first of all, is before you have the conversation, you want to know, like you said, what are you going to say? And- and the first thing I would say is you have to put yourself back into your ideal customer's shoes. What's their perspective? It is, as I like to say, as people always say, it's about them. Everything is about them. So whatever you say, it has to be meaningful to them, right? Absolutely. I couldn't just say it better. I also think there's a component of how you say it. So it's got to be as best as possible in their words. Yes. Yeah. And with their examples, if you're talking about airplanes, but they're talking about little radio controlled planes, you right. have a disconnect and you will look disingenuous. Even right. if you have a perfect solution, I've seen where the language can really bite people. I like to fall back on this idea of an elevator pitch. And I've never actually sold anyone anything in an elevator, but the the concept still makes you're a lot afraid of, of heights so you don't go in elevators right <laughs> and and small spaces and spiders and uh in commitment you know all those things i'm afraid of all those so no the 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 idea that you that you, you have a message that you can deliver in a very short period of time that's compelling that's crisp that's and it may be somewhat what's the word i'm thinking of confrontational even or, or and, inviting of discovery. Yeah, inviting, and it's about them. So, so I think I think the, before you go and have that conversation, you have to develop something along the lines of an elevator pitch. You have to know exactly what you're going to say in a few sentences, and that's true whether you're having a conversation over the phone, or whether you're sending them an email, or or you're getting an introduction via Twitter, or however it happens to be. Can I throw a little shade on that and just it's, kind of dispute it? A little hip, but yeah, I'm not sure I understand all your all your street vernacular, but all right. Are you are you picking up what I'm putting down, Brendan? <laughs> oh, so boy. Um, I think one of the things I've seen is I used to run an event when I taught college where we would have students create an elevator pitch. Yeah. And I would get some of my friends to come in. And we'd have a little cocktail reception and they would meet each other. Yeah. And one of the things I told my friends who were the person getting to know the students was don't make it easy. Say something to them before they do their elevator pitch, because I want them to be thrown off. Yeah. And yeah. almost to a person, you could see the student walking up to a person going, okay, first word is this. Yeah. And I worry about the, elevator pitch becoming so dogmatic and so formal that you lose the conversational quality. Yeah. I'm Bob Graham. I run a company that, you know, coaches and trains, blah, blah. 
And the person already knows that. Yeah. And so I worry sometimes that that elevator pitch can be overused. However, what I would say is knowing what you want someone to understand. Yeah. After they've spoken to you, whether it's for 30 seconds or three hours. Yeah. And having a real clear understanding. I agree with that. And I think that's what ultimately the goal of the elevator pitch is to help someone put you in a bucket. Yeah. So, and that, that is one of the values of being able to communicate that succinctly is that in the event that the person you're talking to isn't an ideal customer or isn't an ideal customer at that moment, they know who you are succinctly enough and memorably enough that when they run into someone in a, a day or a week or a month, they'll go, oh, I know that. Oh, I, I can't help. I don't need anything like that. But oh, I know this person. And they can, and they'll make a recommendation because as we've talked about before elsewhere, that's good social proof for them. That's good for their, for their <clears throat> networking. And they often use the language you give them. That's one of the other things I like about the elevator pitches. You're giving people language to describe you. And that makes it easier if I meet you and I want to introduce you to my boss, you've given me the phrases that I can take to him to say, this is how Brendan helps us. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, I'm going to make it up. I think ultimately, you want to start to craft these messages, these, these explanations of what it is you do. Uh, and they may vary based on the audience. If I'm talking to someone who's in finance, you know, not in my business, but if you're talking to someone who's a finance person in a, inside an organization versus someone who's in sales versus someone who's in engineering, your product, your solution might impact all three of those people, but they care about it very differently. That what your yeah. result is that they derive from your solution will be almost certainly be different for the finance person that is from the engineering person versus the salesperson. And, and versus so, the CEO or the board. Right. So the message or messages you're going to have to share have to be tailored to them. So they're compelling to them. And they ought to be, in, as you touched on, they have to be in terms that are meaningful to them. It has to matter to them. So when you tell someone what you do, it's I help customers generate more revenue. For example, one of my customers was able to increase their revenue by X percent over a Y period of time. The way they were able to do that was using our, you know, our whatever doohickey, you know. Right. And so, so if you can make the, the messaging meaningful to them, in a very succinct and, and compelling way, then that's the first step towards having that conversation is knowing what it is you're going to say. And this is especially true because, and the reason why I'm, I'm kind of harping on this is that a lot of times you're going to have this conversation is going to be an email, or it's going to be some sort of a message to someone, or it might even be a voicemail or whatever. It's going to be a video message that you send to someone. And when you send it, that you, you have to make it clear and crisp and compelling for them because they get so many of them and it has to resonate in some meaningful way right away yeah or or disqualify them right you use the word founders right almost right. exclusively you right. do not say entrepreneurs startup owners yeah business owners you right. could help all of those and, well, and I do, but, but yes, but yeah. But you use the word founders, sure. which narrows your scope and you've found that that's your sweet spot. So yeah. if, if I know someone who's a founder, I instantly think of you. If yeah. 
if someone says entrepreneur, you're in the list. Yeah. But you're not the go-to guy. And right. I think that's when we really get that elevator pitch. And that's a calculation on your part. You and I talked about it several times, but that was a calculation that's paid off for you. And I think that's that's an example of where the language, that one word eliminates a lot of people. And frankly, it eliminates a lot of distraction for you because yeah. if they're, you know, 20 year old companies, yes, you could help them, but it's not where you really want to be. And so yeah, one right. of the benefits of getting this talk down and understanding what you're going to say to your potential customers is to narrow who your potential customers are. So you're right. using words and images that make your ideal client come out of those discussions. And then on top of that, the things that you're talking about have to matter to them by identifying founders that self-selects. They go, oh, I'm a founder. That makes sense, right? That's that helps. And then, but then beyond that, the message that I deliver to them, it has to resonate. It has to be meaningful to them. Oh, they want to grow their business. They're struggling with sales. They have this problem that you've yeah. they don't understand. To. They don't understand the process very well, or, or they're fixated on closing as opposed to qualifying and understanding qualifying and understanding discovery. And th those, those sorts, those parts of the, the sales process. Um, in my case, one of the things I try and get them to understand and, and appreciate is, hey, they, they're actually quite well-equipped to sell. And so I oftentimes, that's part of my message is, hey, it's not hard. It, you, you just, you have to think about it differently, sales. So what is your elevator pitch, Brendan? Why don't you give us an example? I help founders and early stage startups, founders in early stage startups, become effective at sales by having them focus on discovery and identifying their ideal customers. That's great. Yeah. It's crisp. And I know because we've looked at some of that, every single one of those words is necessary. Yeah. yeah. Either include or exclude. And it was all about them. It wasn't about you, yeah. except yeah. for I help, but that was it. So it wasn't like, I built this solution because my aunt Matilda had a problem and I'll, there's a time for the story, but it's not in the elevator pitch. The other way you could do it is you could be more provocative. I only work with customers that are looking to grow their business. Right. right? Like the way it's done is we get you to focus on developing your innate sales capabilities. So is that you? Like that's, that's who I'm looking for. You can be selective to that point where you say, this is really the only kind of people we help. We help, if you're motivated, if you're a founder that's looking to grow your business and understands, recognizes how important it is to be a founder that can sell, that's who we work with. That's I like the idea of asking the questions. Yeah. When you know what you're looking for, so you could ask the question, hey, are you a founder? Is yeah. it an early startup? Are you finding sales more difficult than you thought it would be? Hey, you know what? I might have a solution for you. Yeah. That doesn't feel to me like the age old, you know, you're at an event with 50 people and they're all shaking hands, handing out cards and doing that 30 yeah. second pitch that no one pays attention to. That's my reason for not loving the elevator pitch, but using the elevator pitch to get to questions yeah. and almost checking off the boxes. Oh, you're this, you're this, you're this. Yeah. 
I might be able to help you. Not yeah. I will help you, but I might be able to. Let's yeah, talk but, more. But now we're getting into the actual conversation. It is the next thing is you're going to pick up the phone. You're going to send an email. You know what to say now. Who do you say it to? But in order to kind of put you in the right mindset, if you will, to go back to the original is like, if you've thought through what matters to them and, and you've crafted your message in a way that you know this is language that they'll understand. This is language that'll resonate. This is a real problem that they're experiencing. And you're articulating it, structuring that message in a way that, that can grab them, that gets their wow. attention and, and that resonates. Then the next step is how do you reach them? How do you get out to them? And that's what we'll talk about in the next podcast. And what, what's important is, is again, this is just another thing that saves you time because you're getting to the right people with the right message and it's that much more likely to convert. Right. You're spending time with the people who actually have the problem you're trying to yeah. solve yep. versus yep. spending time with people that may not even yeah. care. Yeah. yeah. You hear it all the time. Sales is a numbers game. And it isn't it's but but it is statistics, it is odds. And so you you cannot convert customers. And truthfully, you don't want to convert customers that are not good customers, you do not want customers that aren't going to be good for you. Because over the long haul, they absorb the energy, they're high demand, they're a governor, they waste your time and your resources. And conversely, a good customer is going to be your best marketing tool. So that's and they're going to follow you as you expand and, yeah. and bring in new yeah. products. They're going to be like, oh, Brendan, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. I'd love to exactly. do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we've thrown a lot of people again today, Brendan. Anything to offer in closing? No, I think this is good, but I'm excited to get to the next topic, which is about how to have that conversation, how to engage, how to find that uh, next customer. So, so let's talk about that next week. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Right. You bet. Okay, well, that's another episode of Let's Chat Sales, and thanks for listening. Please feel free to share this with uh, anyone that might benefit from it, and if you have questions, by all means, send them to us at hello at letschatsales.com. And uh, until next time, thanks, and uh, happy selling.